Welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 239, Fast Five, Lap 11. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode's brought to you by Porto Seguro, Brazil. Porto Seguro was founded in 1945 under the name Porto Seguro Company de Seguro Giras by a group of executives. Shout out to Porto Seguro, Brazil. Well, shout out to Porto Seguro, Brazil, and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we'll be talking about Fast Five, but Joe, first up, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to in the last week? This weekend, I went to go visit my parents, my parents, not Rachel's parents, because we went to go visit them last weekend. Two weekends in a row of parents, Mm mm-hmm. Plenty of plenty of family hashtag, hashtag uh, family. going around. <laughs> we had a really cool weekend. It was good seeing them. I just wanted to like hang out with them and see them because I haven't in a little bit, like like a couple months now. But I like to do like fun time things around their house. So we got my dad a new seventy inch TV and mounted it to the wall. Cool. He's cool. very stoked. Right. Like this is you know awesome. Got them some other stuff, like put in their air conditioners and stuff like that, gentle stuff. But um, the cool thing we did this weekend is Rachel finally got to go to PNC Park. She got to go to her first Pirates game, which they won. Well, so you went to the game, but you did not go to the game where they got no hit and won, right? You went to a different game. Yes. So it was funny. We went um, Saturday night to the game. Uh, and it was like a beautiful night in Pittsburgh. Like the wind was blowing off the, the river. So it was cool. like... It was, like, really nice and cool. You know, like, we were just relaxed. It was me, my parents, and um, a couple of the kids that work for them at the store. We had a little bit of a crew. Oh, I didn't send you the video. I have to send you this great video of um, one of them recording us singing Take Take Me Out to the Ball Game in the seventh inning stretch. It's hilarious. Yeah, it was just us, and we were sitting there, and um, we were sitting in, like, the back of, like, the third baseline. So we were, like, we had, like, you know, it's the Pirates... It's now, like, kind of into the season, and they're playing the Reds, a team that also is not very good. Yeah, they're, good. like, two of the, the two of the worst teams in baseball. <laughs> Pretty much the two worst teams in baseball. So, uh, as beautiful as PNC Park is, it was kind of calm for even sure. a yeah. Saturday night game. So, um, oh, there was supposed to be rain. That was part of it, too. There was, like, calls for rain. So, um, gotcha. it was... okay. Yeah, yeah, so I think that that hampered it, but, like, not... An, I mean, it's two of the worst teams in baseball, right? So, like, it wasn't, like, that imposing. But it actually turned out the weather was great and stuff. So we had, like, we were sitting at the third baseline, and um, my dad knows a guy that works in that section. So he was like, you can sit here. And, like, we are sitting, like, at the very back row of that. So, like, we were, like, we had, like, three, four rows to ourselves, essentially. It was a lot of fun. And the Pirates cool. won, so Rachel got to see that. Then the rest of the weekend, we just, like, hung out and did very, very gentle things with my parents and, like, nothing super crazy. Oh, and the Penguins fucking lost. So I watched them them squander a 3-1 series lead. Yeah, but Crosby got hurt in game five and then was out for the rest of the series, right? So, like... Yes. No, no, he was out. He was out for game six. And there's, like... he was back for seven? He was back for seven, but there was reports that, like upper management held him out of game six for concussion reasons, even though he was cleared and wanted to play, but that's just like rumors. And then in like, in game six, we were up with like a minute left. There was a puck. It hits the goalie's shoulder, flips up over his head and goes into the net with like, you know, 
30 seconds left, so we like we that that's how we like lose the tie in game six. We blew leads in all three games, and then in game seven, we're playing in overtime, and there's a rule that says now in hockey, if you lose your helmet, you either have to pick up the helmet and put it back on or go to the bench. The guy didn't do that. We gave up a penalty because of that. Oh, okay. And so they're on the power play, and then with like two seconds left of the power play in overtime game seven, the Rangers score. So, I mean, I'm not making excuses because you should close out a 3-1 series lead, right? By any means necessary. Mm -hmm. Like... You should win. It's it's really hard to win three games in a row in hockey. In any or, sport, yeah. In any sport, like yeah, like even in baseball, like a really great team, like on a three game stretch, like sometimes they lose one, right? Like the, the sweep isn't guaranteed. So you should win, but they didn't, and I'm like, okay, well then this is your fault. I don't I don't feel bad about it. There was like people making excuses and stuff like that, but I'm like, if you're up three one, you should win, and if you don't, you sucked. So deal yep. with it. Yep. But okay, sorry. That was my weekend. How about you, brother? I have not done a ton. I've been catching up on TV, and then I've done three other podcasts in the last week. So I've uh, been doing the accoutrement for that. So we did an episode about The Sixth Sense for 1999, the podcast, cool. on Sunday. So I watched and re- recorded about that. And then we did two lotto pods. So I finished two books in the last week, one of which was the one that uh, Bob and I went to the reading in New York. We got the book there, and so we read that, and we just did an episode about that. So that was oh, a great really book. Cool. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, I have not done a ton. It's just been like sort of nice weather out here. So I've been like going on walks like, you know, I normally do or whatever, but mm-hmm. just like just hanging around, catching up on some podcasts and TV and whatever. But nothing super exciting. I got stuff coming up and then a, a big thing that I don't know if I've mentioned or not, but we'll, we'll get to the big thing, you know, next episode probably. But yeah, yeah, might. I think that's I think that's about it. We have a Patreon page on the show. Too fast to forever dot com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Ooh. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. If you want to get in on the fun, bonus episodes, early access to episodes, supporting us just because you like the show, too fast, too forever.com, please and thank you. And we also have an email address, family at cageclub.me. No emails today, but hopefully we'll get some emails for next time. There's some stuff that we were getting on Twitter that I'll get to in the On the Streets segment now. But Joe, On the Streets, news about the Fast and Furious. What have you seen in the last week? Anything of note that you have caught has caught your eye? I just posted something cool on the social media that is kind of a crossover, as at least Justin Kleinman knows <laughs> some overlap, that Jason Momoa just got in trouble because he was in Rome for Fast X mm-hmm. and took like a picture real big in the Sistine Chapel, which... Uh, I don't know if you know, is like a giant faux pas. There's all kinds of signs that say, please do not take any pictures here. So, so he posted a picture on Instagram of like him with, I think, his family kind of, or like, I don't know, just some other people. He posted the picture of a place that you're like, don't take pictures of this, right? So uh, that was pretty funny. But that's like the most adjacent um, news. And it's adjacent because it's like kind of travel news. I found it on the travel blogs. You know, I game airline miles, so it was found there. So my worlds are colliding once again, as usual. Well, a friend of the show, Melissa Lynam, is on vacation right now with her husband in 
Italy, and so she oh, cool. she said nice. like they're filming over there. She so she knows where they're filming. I think she's going to get to oh, Rome cool. tomorrow as we record this. So if she gets any updates or anything, she will let us know. Very cool. That's awesome. We got we got teams on the streets here. Street teams. Yep. Mm-hmm. But we also have a news from over there that there was the video that Vin shared of him and Momoa, and then they're lying around on the lavender color car. Lavender around. Good. Yeah. 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 Different responsibilities, different length of the relationship. But this is this feels like the kind of video that Vin thought he was doing with Justin Lin because Momoa is having a blast. He's just like, "Hey, man, day one, this is going to be good. We're here. I'm having a good time." Uh, he's like laying around in the car. It's all good. And then when we saw that Justin Lin one a while ago, which is like, "Ooh, like this is not yeah. you know, what you think <laughs> it is, right?" I saw the Jason Momoa rolling around in the purple car one. I watched it without audio, though, so I didn't hear what was happening. It's uh, just but, like, it's just, it's the same question. It's just like, how you feeling? He's like, I'm feeling good, man. Day one. And then he's like, you know, lavender look good, is what he says. Yeah, it looked, it, it looked like a, like a fun time bro down. They both seemed excited. So I was assuming it was something along these lines. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. The other Momoa news is that he is now reportedly dating Isaac Gonzalez, I Madam heard. M. So that is, uh, I'm, you know, I, I posted on our social media, I'm like, does this confirm her for the main franchise? Because, you know, Hobbs and Shaw, you know, never the twain shall meet, basically. But, you know, if her boyfriend's in there and she's in the Fastiverse, let's let's hook that up. Yeah, please. I want to see some, I mean, I think Jason Momoa's a good character. I mean, we don't know his character yet, but I think Jason Momoa's a good actor to bridge for sure. the gap, right? Yep. Like, yep. like, he would, he he's an obvious choice, like, a new guy in Fast 10, but also could port over to Hobbs and Shaw really easily. I'm about it. I like Jason Momoa, so easy sell for me. The other Fast X news is that Jack, or no, Alan Richson, who plays Jack Reacher, the new Jack Reacher on the Amazon Prime show, the oh, guy yeah. who, like, looks like Jack Reacher, as opposed because, like, in the novels, you know, he's, like, this huge hulking dude with, like, hands the size of dinner plates, I think is how it's described. Oh. And so in the movies... I didn't know that. With, Tom Cruise, it's like, yeah, Tom Cruise is awesome, and like everyone is like going nuts for, thankfully, going nuts for Top Gun Maverick and Mission Impossible. Like everything, like, this has been a great couple of weeks for Tom Cruise news. If you love his movies, because I cannot wait for Top Gun Maverick. It's going to be so good. But was it was it you said it, or was it Aaron Newworth who said like Top Gun Maverick might be better than the original Top Gun? I saw I, one, I saw I, I've seen the, I've seen a bunch of people say that. I've, I've retweeted wow. some of that stuff. Yeah, man, it's. That's pretty crazy. I like I, I love the first top like Oh, so my friend and this is something I want to put out there and I gave him shit for it, but my friend who was like uh very upset that he couldn't get opening night movie tickets, he's like actually I wanna I wanna get the verbatim because I was I was so confused by this. I love that there's just like massive slander of one of your friends about this movie tickets thing. I don't I'm Well, it's a running joke I, for we never you. Like the... I for, I forgot about it, but then you're like I don't think we ever told the we ever like tell can we tell like a, a a truncated version of the story that like that somehow you became in charge of ordering mo- like letting him I know. let him know I was like hey movie tickets are on sale he waited too long to do it he was in the he was in a meeting he responded like 4 hours later and was upset that he couldn't get tickets to whatever he wanted to see and I'm just like hey man I told you when I was buying tickets You were doing a favor too yeah. which is funny so so anytime a movie comes out and Joey tells me that the tickets are on sale I grumpily respond to him that I didn't get opening night tickets, and this right. is his fault. So my friend says, I watched Top Gun earlier. I think I've only seen it once or twice. I said, yeah, it's great. He says, would you call it a cult classic? And, yes. And Bob was like, no, 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 no. You're wrong. It, it's, it's not a like cult a classic. Blockbuster. It's an enormous movie. It's one of the yeah, 10 biggest movies fair. of the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yes, it's okay. 
I get it. It's not a cult classic because everybody's seen it. Yes. I'm like, it's what made Tom Cruise an action star. It's one of the yeah, biggest movies yeah, of the yeah. 80s. I was just like, how do you not know? He's like, well, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I've been there before, where it's like, I don't know the historical context of, like, certain movies, because, like, I saw them once yeah. way after the fact, and so, like, especially, like, nostalgia plays, it's like, I don't know, like, I know that you grew up with this, it means a lot to you, but, like, I saw it for the first time when I was, like, 28, or whatever, and, like, who ca- who cares, right? But t- to me, like, Top Gun, like, even if you haven't seen it, like, people know Top Gun's big, like, it's, like, memed, and it's, like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's enormous, so when he was, like, it's like a cult classic, I was like, what? How did... No, it's huge. It's just a classic. It's just an, it's a great. That's so, fair. Makes sense. Okay, um, I use the term cult classic wrong all the time to just mean like yeah, you uh, cult classic and cameo, the two things that you can't figure out. Yes, yes, yes. My my definition was wrong, but the idea is correct. Um, yeah. No, it's a classic. Half of it, it is. Cult, yeah, but cult classic is like a thing that was not big in the time that has grown yes. to you know whatever I get it. because of DVD sales or just word of mouth or whatever after the fact. Yeah, like, it was hated when it came out, but then became bigger, and people love it now. Correct. Makes sense. But um, Top Gun is so big that, like, I think maybe Rachel hadn't seen it, and, like, her mom was visiting, and I was like, oh, like, whatever, we should watch Top Gun. And Rachel's mom's like, I love Top Gun. Like, you know, like, I can count on one hand the type, like, the the number of movies like she just doesn't watch movies like she'll oh, watch speaking TV of speaking what? of this is something i forgot until i just now that you said that that my dad saw because he follows either cage club or too fast or something on instagram he's like thunderbolt and lightfoot came out the year that you and my that me and my me and your mother met and that was one of the first movies we saw together what that's really yeah. cool he's like thanks that's... for the memory so i was like yeah man great movie that's funny and because i went home and was talking to my dad and i was like telling him that there's like a 50 chevy and a Plymouth Fury in this movie. And he was like, are you kidding me? Can I see pictures of it? And like, he was like, really? Both my cars are in this movie? I was like, you love Clint Eastwood? You've never seen this one? He's like, no, I've never seen it. I was like, wow. Like, what a yeah. chance. Yeah. So um, now that we set up his new TV, hopefully he can, uh, what, Pluto it? Because that's where we uh, had it for free, right? Yeah, Pluto or Prime, either way. Oh, yeah, 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 Prime. Cool. I, mm-hmm. can, I, don't, I don't think he can sit through a movie either, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully he can. That's cool, though. Your mom and dad went on a date to go see Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Yeah, because they got married in 76, so they, I guess they got they met in 74 when this came out, and so one of the first movies they saw. Not the first movie, but uh, pretty that's, cool. That's really cool. Good job, Dad. Awesome. Yeah. I wonder. I want to know your mom's take on it, if she, like, even remote You know, because this could be, like, a thing where she's like, yeah, I remember the date, but, like, or, like, I remember the movie. Yeah, I but I I'm curious now if she's like, oh, yeah, that was a good movie, or she, because, like, it kind of seems like a guys kind of movie right so i think your dad For suggested sure. that one i don't think that she was like the one picking thunder uh thunderbolt and lightfoot to go see it with your dad on an early date probably not yeah i don't know so yes so jack reacher alan richson the new jack reacher in fast and furious i i would imagine this has to be probably our last casting note but i don't know you know there's just how, how, many, parts, how many how many, many parts? people they're adding so many people and we talk about this over and over again that there's like such a small amount of screen time available even in three hours to showcase this many people like we can't just keep adding actors guys like we can't i don't don't know know what they're gonna do unless like the movie opens with like just like six people dying 
I mean, there's also the chance that, like, it's in, like, there's another time zone or time era, like, you know what I mean? Like, with the flashback where they have, like, six new people that are all, like, some, you know, like, they did an F9. So they're playing the, a character that we already know, but it's just a different person of it. Like, he right. could be, like, Dom's dad again at a different point in his life. I mean, there's no indication of that, but, like, that would at least explain why they cast, like, five new, like, how is Brie Larson, how is Jason Momoa, how is... Uh, Alan, Alan Richson, and there's other people too, right? Like, there's, there's so many, there's so many people, so. I don't think you can, I don't think you can let Brie Larson be, like, a flashback character. No, 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 I don't think so. But, but she did just say, like, I want to join, and then Dom, and then Vin was like, yeah, fuck it, Captain America, I mean, Captain Marvel's in the movie now, yep. so. Maybe she does play a background, but, like, this is, like, the Helen Mirren thing, right? Like, if you get Helen Mirren, like, you're not going to be like, okay, she gets one scene, you know? You're like, fuck it, stay as long as you want. We'll do whatever you want. Yep, yep, yep. And the other thing I want to say, actually, also about Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, was that we were talking about, oh, my mom says she vaguely remembers it a long time ago. Yeah, that's what I imagined. Like, yeah. It's like, that's 50 years ago, right? So, like, it's crazy. Almost 50 years, like 48 years ago. Uh, but the other thing we were talking about, we were like, is there, have we ever seen a Clint Eastwood movie on the network? And I was like, no, I don't think so. But we totally forgot that Scott Eastwood, his son, is in Fate of the Furious. So, like, there's a, a, an Eastwood connection, fast connection, that we just completely, like, we talked about Clint Eastwood for, you know, an hour and a half last week and didn't even remember that his son is in these movies. So, Can I tell whoops. you a secret? What? I did not know Scott Eastwood was Clint Eastwood's son. Yeah, man. Until, Nepo, like, baby. right now. There's also, uh, his daughter is also, let me see if I can remember her name without looking it up. As soon as I see it, I'm going to be, Francesca Eastwood is also an actress. There's a bunch of Eastwoods, but like Scott Eastwood, fairly big name. Francesca Eastwood yeah. has been in like a couple horror movies that I've seen. I just never made the connection. I mean, I like it's fucking obvious now, but like I never made the connection. And he f- fucking looks like I'm too weird. Okay, sorry. There was an interview because there's like a new Scars guard like this is like a couple months ago. This new Scars guard actor, and they're like, "Oh, are you related to?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, the, the, "Believe it or not, like the name is not that common. Like it's not like a name that like everybody has." So like when there's a new Scars guard actor, it's like it, it's one of us. So like, it's just kind of funny that like Eastwood. There's probably a bunch of Eastwoods, but like, and it's like no, these are they're all related too. So you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Hollywood kind of a lot of things run like that. Sports, you know, like sure. when you, yeah, you see some guy and you're like, is he? Is yeah, yeah. We're yep. old enough. He's a son. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how it yeah. works. Joe is with all this casting news. Is Dwayne <laughs> Johnson in Fast Ten? No, but Forrest no. Whitaker might be because <laughs> Forrest Whitaker, for some reason, in Young Rock. Yeah, do you like my segue? I did. I loved it. So okay. So so. The episode of Young Rock that we just watched. Yes. The current day thing is he's going to meet, he's going for lunch with a friend he's An met old every year. Yeah. And you're like, who is this? Guy? Like, I thought, I was like, I don't know who this is going to be, but I thought like it might be like a family member. Like, you know, I like, definitely did. I thought it was going to be like one of the Samoans mm-hmm. or maybe even like his dad as like a reveal at the end, right? I also thought there was a chance that it could have been. Uh, Julian, the bully, that there's, that this was like some kind of like long Same. con way to dream Same. it up. yeah. And then at the end of this episode, the camera turns around and it's Forrest Whitaker as himself. And it's just like, I have no idea what they even talked about because I just like, I, I spent the entire time like scratching my head. Like, why is this happening? Not that it's a bad thing. Not that I dislike Forrest Whitaker. I'm just like, no. Yeah. Why? What? It, it's very, it's very um out there. Like it was just like way in left field because like, 
I did not imagine. Like, there's no hint that it's going to be Forrest Whitaker, which I guess is like part of the surprise. But also, it doesn't make sense why it's Forrest Whitaker. And pretty much all Forrest Whitaker said was like, um, "You need to deal with the bully Julian head on. I have some phone numbers. I'll make a call." It's so weird. And like, they, I, I, I was like, did I miss something? And I don't think it's like you know, I watched this show. Like, you know, I really pay attention to most things that I watch. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not, like, on my phone, but, like, especially for this, because I'm, like, taking notes and things. But I'm like, did I miss anything with Forrest Whitaker? And I don't think that I did. I'm just like, I don't no, understand. At least, at least by my accounts, because I watched two, and I was yeah. also paying attention, you did, there was no hint that it was going to be Forrest Whitaker. It was, like, a constant, like, vague motion of a, an old friend. And it, I thought at least it had to be a wrestler, right? Yeah, but no, just an actor, just Forrest Whitaker as himself. I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. That, that's just how it ended. <laughs> but season two, episode 10, Rocky's Code. This is a high school Dewey episode, but once again, mostly about the dad, mostly about Rocky, uh, about Rocky Johnson. Yeah, we gushed over him last weekend. Another great episode by Rock's dad, Rocky mm-hmm. Johnson, the actor. Um, and this episode got way heavier than I thought it would based on where it was like taking us through the episode. It was a middle Dewey episode. Yep. There was lots of Macho Man uh, in this episode. which Snapping into his first Slim Jim. Yes. That was the line. When it happened, I was like, Rachel, look, it's like, you know, he's like, look, he found his first Slim Jim. But I forgot that it was Snap into a Slim Jim. That was yeah. the line. Yeah, the tag. It's really, it's like the equivalent of Han Solo winning the Millennium Falcon. It's Macho Man Randy Savage in Sears being gifted a pack of Slim Jims so he gets the hell out of the store because he's being obnoxious. It's like, yeah, man. I guess probably, it's probably not how it happened, but I still love that. I think it's really funny. Yeah, I, this whole, there was like a whole story arc of like Macho Man comes back to Nashville where they are right now uh, to open a Sears and like he wants to hang out with uh, The Rock's dad because like they're just catching up and stuff like that. But then were they trying to s- s- insinuate that him, like, walking into that telephone pole made him do that? Or was Macho Man just, like, hanging out in Sears because he's just Macho Man and this is what he wanted to do? I think it's just that he's just Macho Man. Like, I, you know, I don't think that, like, he got brain damage in this episode. Like, I think it's probably just, like, Macho Man just being like, hey, man, I love all things. But maybe not. I don't know. But it's it's funny either way. It's hilarious either way. So, yeah, so he gets, like asked to you know cut the ribbon for a new sears in nashville and he's like really into it like the night that he cuts the ribbon and they're like okay like does he work here he, like some girl comes up to yep. the manager is like does macho man work here and he's like no and then like he comes back the next day and is like also like demoing products and just walking around sears and the guy's like uh, we can't pay you for this to be like get the fuck out, and he's like, oh no no no, this is like my honor, like I, yeah. I this is this is a vacation for me. I love working at Sears, and he's like, well, you can't work here because you don't work here. So right, uh, yeah, great. Uh, it really cracked me up. I laughed a lot, and then we get the Slim Jim thing. It was a lot of fun. Which is nice because, like you said, it, it goes in a heavy place, and this is about like racism in small town America, oh, and yeah. about you know the racism that you know a, a professional wrestler or aspire like he's a professional wrestler, just not WWF, uh, had to deal with. Like he he's all excited, Rocky's all excited because he has this new promoter that in like town. He gets paid double. It's gonna pay, yeah, it's gonna pay a lot. He has a lot of money. He's, he's like, got like oh, a man. private dressing room, private oh, bathroom. Yeah. He's like, this is it. And then the guy's like, cool. So you're gonna eat these fried chicken and waffles, and like this is how you're gonna do watermelon. Fried chicken, chicken and watermelon, and this is what you're it's like, and it's just like, oh, I no. knew it was going to break bad, but I was trying to figure out how, right? Like, it, it had the impending sense of doom situation going on, 
And I'm like, how is this going to break bad? And then it was just like racism. And I was like, yep. oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Did definitely that. And they even set it up because they're like, you know, uh-oh, we, uh, it's, under, it's an under thousand town. That means it's the duck town. He's like, they're not friendly to black, black people. So, like, he sets it up. He knows what's coming, right? And so, you know, it was nice to see that, like, obviously not the racism wasn't nice to see, but it yeah. was nice to yeah. see that Rocky not only knew what to do, but, you know, did it right and, like, was just Taught like, his hey, man. son, did it yep. in front of his son, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. His own self-respect, his own morals at a time where, like, like the guy was saying, like other people don't have a problem with it. You know what yep. I mean? Like yep. they needed money, everything. It was awesome, and it was just like, uh, you know, for a show that's super light most of the time, and like a lot of the problems are just like family stuff. Mm-hmm. This episode I thought was like, oh wow, and uh, they just hit it head on, and it worked really well. So, and I think that was he. You know, he pays it forward. He gives the waitress like a hundred. She's like, she's like, oh, I, I'm a big fan. I'm, you know, you're, the food's on me. And he's like, no, man, just take this. And he gives her a hundred dollar bill. And so he's just like, you know, just keep keep rooting for me. So it's just ever, all, yeah, all the way around. Like, and he's like, you got to launder that good racism money through the yeah. system, which is awesome. That's really, really cool. A good way to look at it. I Awesome. That, that's like such a cool thing when you see a parent or an adult teach a child a very good lesson in a way without being like, hey, son, this is what we do in this right. situation, right? Like, just do with action and he handled it very gracefully for how bad it was. Because there's awesome. probably another version of, like, maybe it's, like, when it's with Rocky with young Dewey, where he, like, actually does the whole thing that the promoter wants. And, like, goes home just, like, you know, sometimes you have to play by the rules. Like, it's not good or whatever, right? But, like, this is a Rocky, like, later in his career, knows what's up, and is able to show, you know, through action, like, this is how you handle it, right? So yep. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Any other notes about Rocky's code? Uh, no, it was another good episode. But, again, we're, like, I'm sick of them fucking dragging out the Julian thing. I get that this is, like, the through line of the season, and, like, that's gonna be the big climax at the end, but... Yeah, because next week is the finale. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hopefully we get some closure on that. I'm sick of them just, like, hinting at it at the end of a bunch of episodes... Yeah, just, it's weird that you're you're not wrong when you say it's a through line, but like it's really an afterthought. Like it's not like right? even That's in what all I'm these saying. episodes. Yeah, it doesn't like actually influence anything. It just like like they just like mention it once an episode for no reason. So I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's I think that's my problem with it. I think you totally summed it up. That I have to describe it as a through line, but it's not actually a through line. It's just just a mention. Yeah, because like, the through line, just like in season one, is he's running for president, but now there's like this bully or this guy coming back from or whatever, and it's like, yeah, cool, like there's probably stuff you could do with this, I don't know if it's a full season thing, but they're just like, he's still around, what do you want to do about it? And she's like, yeah, you guys take care of it, and then like, he, he literally just leaves, like, oh, okay. Yeah, over and over again, it's like, you still around, and you're like, we know, it's like, yeah. okay, cool. Ay, ay, ay. All right, the last thing to do before we take a break is to talk about the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 62, a minute I called help. This south. Hold that. Get it off me! I'll forget it ever happened! Shut up. Did you know that your average rat can chew through a steel drain pipe? You see... You have nothing to worry about when he's screaming, Detective. It's when he goes quiet that he goes to work. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Jesus, stupid! Stop it now! You're in charge of the units that are watching my properties, huh? What I want is I want a 15-minute window where everybody, and I mean everybody, disappears. You hear me? What? I can't do it! Can't? 
Okay. Come on. Come here. Shut him up. Shut him up. So in this minute, Carter Verone puts the rat on Detective Whitworth's chest and covers it with a bucket. Roberto holds the bucket down as Carter heats the bucket with a blowtorch. Carter asks for a 15-minute window where all police stop watching his properties. Whitworth says he can't make that happen. Carter returns to heating up the bucket while Monica Fuentes covers Whitworth's mouth as the minute ends. I, I don't want to be mean to this scene or to this movie, but I, I don't want to keep saying the same thing over and over again. But like I can't wait till we're done with this rat scene. I'm very much in agreement. As much as it looks like there's something that exists here, this is a very, very boring back room of a nightclub. There's really mm-hmm. not much there. So, like, the rat scene is interesting, I guess, but we have this discussion a lot, you know, like, I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of movies that I can watch over and over again. You're like, ah, after the first time, I kind of got it. The rat scene is definitely one of those things. Yeah. And, like, what I think what's annoying for, for, for our sakes here is that Roman and Brian are just, like, sitting on the couch squirming, and, like, like no one's moving. There's not, like, fun things to do in the background. It's just, like, everything's in Carter. He's the only one really doing anything. He's the only one moving. And, like, he's just, like, he's just talking and, like, being weird and kind of psychopathy. But, like, we've already covered that. It's just, like, if Brian and Roman were, like, doing things, it'd be like, okay, there's something going on. But here, it's just, like, we're just watching them watch him. Yeah, and they're, he doesn't even, like employ them to hold this guy down here nope. he already has two henchmen monica just has to watch from the side too kind of disgusted but can't like break nobody's there to confront him about doing this right it's just him versus the thing and then everybody else just has to like awkwardly watch yep. so i get it and i get that that's kind of imposing and weird that they have to like he's like forcing them to watch him do this kind of torturey thing but in minute by minute minute of like watching it over and over again, it's not really interesting. I was thinking that like a classic too fast trivia question would be uh, when Carter is torturing Rat Cop, who does what? Like, you know, remember at the end of the first movie, we're like, uh, yeah, he holds left holds, hand, he holds right yeah. hand. <laughs> and who holds the mouth, right? And I'm just like, that, that, we don't want to do that. But no, definitely not. Because there's nothing really, is there anything else to talk about in this minute? Because like, there's no new clothing, there's no cars, but what you got? Monica, the look on Monica's face was interesting. I think she did really good selling that she's like disgusted, but has to contain it. Yep. You know, so I was like, oh, good face acting. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find like the torch, like what kind of torch it was. I'm unsure. I think it's just like a normal blue benzomatic, but like you can't read anything on it. Yep. There's almost a shot of the champagne bottle so I can figure out what champagne it is in the background, but I can't. And then, you know, you got, like, the ice bucket, which is just, like, either aluminum or stainless or galvanized and shiny ice bucket that he puts on the thing. Galvanized Gadot. That would be a great name for your ice bucket, right? I have, like, a Penguins one, like, right in my kitchen. Maybe I'll name it Galvanized Gadot. That's fun. Yeah. The only, like, really, really interesting thing that I saw in this minute is I totally forgot that we get an in-the-bucket shot of the the rat. It's pretty cool. It's so weird. It feels like a 90s music video because it's shot in like low up and like kind of fisheye because it's like in a bucket. Weird. But yes, Uh, did we need that? Like, why do we have that? And like, whose stomach was it on? How did they get the camera in there? So like, so many questions. No answers. 
Yeah, no, this isn't GoPro times, right? So you had to have like a small enough camera to be in there. Yeah, other than that, there's there's nothing super interesting in this minute. As as like much as it should be, right? Like it feels like it should be like, oh, this is very fascinating. It's yeah, it should be, but it's not, unfortunately, which yeah. is a bummer. So yes. the question that I have here. And I don't love it, but I I, I spent time I like thinking it. about this. I like it. I, I actually really do like it. Uh, like, I like it a lot. So if you so don't answers, love if you it. want to add more, we can. But what does Carter Verone say the, quote, average rat can chew through? The answer is a steel drain pipe. But I was also like, a metal cage kind of makes sense. I was like, ooh, the human rib cage. So you have a couple different cages to sort of throw it off. But is there another answer you want to have here? Just want to have three, three answers here. I would put like a stainless or like galvanized metal ice bucket. A galvanized because the bucket's bucket, in the scene. Yep, 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 yep. Perfect. Okay, cool. So minute 62, help. What does Carter Verone say the average rat can chew through? And the answer is a steel drain pipe, which is Is that crazy. fucking real? That doesn't sound real at all. I don't know. I don't really trust Carter, but also maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, like rat teeth. I don't know if they can go through steel drain. And it's like rounded on the... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. All right, Joe, let's take a break and let's come back and let's talk about Fast Five. Ooh. Episode number 239, Fast Five. This episode is brought to you by Porto Seguro. Uh, among the business of the group, it is highlighted for its consortium of real estate, automobiles, province, investments, financing, credit cards, protection, and monitoring. Monitoring. Shout out to Porto Seguro. Well, shout out to Porto Seguro and welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. With us tonight, we have a culture and entertainment journalist, Grant Rindner. Hello, Grant. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks, bud. Now, I don't remember. Usually I'm better at my note keeping as to something our guests tweet or write about or post about or something leads us to them. So, you did something with the Fast and Furious. I don't know what that is because my record keeping fell apart here apparently, but have you written about Fast and Furious professionally or you just tweet about them vigorously? Like, what is your history with these movies with this franchise? I believe that the reason that you guys contacted me was I had written something for uh, I write a lot for GQ and I had written something for them. There was a fairly comprehensive breakdown of the um, Vin versus Dwayne. Yes. 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 (laughs) Because it was when all those magazine articles were coming out and the rock did like the Rolling Stone cover and all that sort of stuff. It's that, that feud is the gift that keeps on giving. If you want to think about it like a positive, (laughs) like, it's it's funny to watch this movie in particular and like yes and the way that the rock is sort of classified as the villain in multiple ways right. which is like even from the beginning there was bad blood between the characters and maybe the actors or whoever right but like i don't know man it's wild and it's i mean it's funny because granted i haven't seen every film in the rocks uh cv but i've seen a lot of them I can't think of another example where he's kind of meant to be sinister. And, like, he's so hulking, he's so intense. And I love that they gave him the stupid little beard. I think that yes. was, like, a terrific <laughs> a terrific touch. 
was this an assignment that you like went after or you just tasked this? Like, what was your history with like the franchise before? Was this like, oh, I this is in my wheelhouse. I can do this. Or was it something just like, hey, go figure this out? So honestly, I was a little bit late to the Fast and Furious lifestyle in general. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I got really into it in 2019 when like a friend took me right when a a friend took me to see Hobbs and Shaw and I kind of thought okay I'm not like a huge huge action movie guy normally um and I was like oh this is gonna be kind of goofy and over the top and it's David Leach whose other movies I like and then it just turned out to be you know so much more over the top and just sort of like gleeful and and I had a great time Last year, I dated someone who was really into them and seen all of them multiple times. And so she kind of, I rewatched, I guess I watched the first time she rewatched like four or five of them that I'd never seen. Mm. As far as, as far as this goes, I was commissioned to write it by an editor of mine, but frankly, I, I would have pitched it. I mean, I would like, this is something that I would love to do like actual reporting around if you could get any of the (laughs) figures to talk but that's you know easier said than done unless you're going to give them cover stories which is not something i have the power to uh well and that's that's the the second time we've heard that actually yeah there's somebody else who was going to interview they didn't say who but let's just one of the let's just pretend it's one of the participants who maybe is still in the movies and they were saying that, like, they wouldn't do the interview unless they were a cover story. And so I guess it's that level of publicity or fame or just recognition or whatever that would require them to open up about this. But, like, the fascinating part about all and as I'm, as I'm sure you know and you wrote about, is that, like, The Rock doesn't do this. Like, The Rock is, like, so buttoned up and, like, I'm not going to say anything bad. And for him to come out on the set of Fate and be like, you know, candy asses, blah, 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 this and that, like, it is... It, it it must have pushed some buttons. Yeah. These are two... The Rock even more so of, like, the most sort of, like, pristine and kind of always aware of their media perception guys. And, yeah, so for so for, for Rock to really be airing it out, you know that they really don't like each other past the <laughs> bounds of, like, what's good for business in your billion-dollar franchise. Now, have you been following the, and I don't know if it's to, to the same level, but have you been following the Vin versus Justin Lin, uh, I guess, feud? Yeah, so I actually, I did have to write a quick thing about that when it when when the news broke Ooh. that he was no longer directing the movie. Has there been more fallout since he, who's directing it now? So it's Louis Leterrier who did the first <laughs> oh, two God. Transporter movies, and he just had a movie out on Netflix that did not get received very well. But you know he knows Statham, so there's that. True, true. He yeah he did uh, he did that Clash of the Titans movie yes. from mm-hmm. a few years ago that was a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I guess I mean that must be such a crazy to get asked to helm this on like right in the middle of it like they're already there. Whatever. Yeah, it's like, you know, I don't think we've made this comparison, but it's like, you know, you're watching a baseball game and like there's a there's a projected starter and he goes out there and he gets injured in the first inning or whatever. And just like, well, like long relief time. All right, here we go. Like the game's ready going, but like, right. you know, warm up, take take a little, not, not too much time. Just get out there because like we're losing a million dollars a day. So now that you are sort of newly, like I, I joined the franchise, joined, came to the franchise 
after the fifth movie. <laughs> so, like, I'm not, you know, as recent as you, but I have not been there since 2001. So you have, I, I would assume that based on this relationship you had and all the, just your own personal endeavors, have you seen all 10 movies now? I have seen eight of them. Okay. Do you- Which ones are you missing, bud? I have not seen Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay. Okay. And I've only seen bits of four. Okay. Okay. Not enough to even sort of fraudulently claim that I've seen it. So I, those are the two that are out of my Well, those are the two kind house. of consensus lowest rated. So, you know, you're not, I don't want to say you're not missing a lot because we love them. But like, if you mm-hmm. if you have to miss two, those are two of the better ones, I guess, to have missed. I see why you're like the partner that you were dating and watching them with. Th- those are two that I will be like, okay, we can watch those last or skip if, even if you're doing a bunch of them, right? Right. It was funny though. I was talking, um, I'm currently in like physical therapy for a, a, a torn ACL that happened to me last year. Ooh. And I was telling my physical, thank you. I was telling my physical therapist that I'm like, was going on this podcast about these movies. And he was like, oh, I've never, I've never seen any of them, but the one that I would really want to see is Tokyo Drift. And okay. I was kind of explaining to him that there's sort of a, not like reckoning, but just sort of like, I think that one, correct me if I'm wrong, was kind of maligned at the time it came out. And now with hindsight, people are like, actually, this movie, really cool. Yes, absolutely. And... With nine coming back out, they like really reintegrated the storyline of three that like wasn't necessarily a direct part of the storyline for a long time. So yeah, so Tokyo Drift got its uh its rise from the ashes in the past summer for sure. So have you ranked? Do you have a ranking of the eight that you have seen, either from favorite to least favorite or least favorite to favorite? I'm just getting. A, I just want to get a sense of where you are with the franchise. Which of these you like more? Which of these you like less? Do you have these movies ranked in any kind of in any kind of order? Yeah. So basically, and this kind of dovetails into the reason that I, I picked five for the show is I am not like a capital C Cars guy. Neither am mm-hmm. I. All good. Yep. The ones that had kind of pivoted to big elaborate heists or you know the kind of incredibly intricate you know plotting not like oceans 11 style plotting obviously but kind of the the you know we got to get the crew together and everyone's kind of got their part and where you know each movie kind of escalates in like insane set piece level um so my my list of the ones i've seen i have uh furious seven is this, is this from the top down or from bottom up? Top down. This is this is, this is my favorite. Okay, okay, to cool. Yep. Favorite, but a lot of them are kind of close together. So gotcha. like, okay, yep, I, definitely. Seven, seven, I think is my favorite. Then I had Fast Five. Then I had Six. Mm-hmm. Then I put in in brackets Hobbs and Shaw. I don't know as a Fast and Furious podcast where you guys stand on it. I think do think it's pretty fun. Fun is the exact word I use to describe it whenever we saw it, and I still stand by that, that I think it's one of the most fun Fast and the Furiouses. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm right there with you, brother. I agree. I liked Shaw. I mean, I liked Jason Statham. I liked Shaw when he was introduced in the series, and and I thought that he and he and Rock had, like, a great sort of, like, pissy 
dynamic, which I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know if they had issues on the set. Who knows? That's one that I would like love to see them do more. I had the first one and then Tokyo Drift and then down at the bottom. I actually had um, Fate of the Furious and F9. I was sort of underwhelmed by both of those. There's, There's stuff in them that I like. Obviously, I love when Tyrese and Ludacris go to space in like the old Pontiac. I think that's awesome. Eight is the one with like evil Dom, right? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, I didn't necessarily <laughs> think it made for like a super um, compelling movie. And I think that they've really got Vin kind of squarely in his range as playing good Dom. Yes. You know, I know that she's supposed to be in Fast 10. So I'm not like totally, you know, ruling out that they'll like bring the character to a good conclusion. But all the Cypher stuff hasn't really clicked for me yet. Yep. That's the thing that, like, that's our biggest, you know, hanging thread, loose thread, however you want to describe it, because she literally ends eight jumping out of a plane. We're like, cool, we're going to learn more in nine. And, like, we don't really learn anything more in nine. And then for Justin Lin to, like, leave, it it feels like anything that he was maybe crafting or working toward through nine, you know, in conjunction with the guys who wrote the script and with Vin and whoever – like, I, I don't know, like, we need answers from her because she's she has the potential to be cool, but we don't know, like, we know almost nothing about her through two movies, which is frustrating. Clearly, there's something significant going on here. She has a three-movie arc, and, like, presumably, when they do 11, you know, unless they all bring it all to a close, you know, in, in her storyline in the next one, like, that's a big part of the franchise. That's sizable. Yeah. Um, And I just, like, haven't seen it all together yet but i believe in the folks behind the fast and furious i will give them the benefit of the doubt because she is i don't know if you've ever actually said this but like she's the only villain that's really the villain in more than one movie like villains return but like eight statham is not the villain he's in prison he breaks out he helps them you know braga comes back there's some stuff here and there, but she's the only one who's more than one. And now she's going to be in at least three. Like she's already posting pictures from set and stuff. Right. So right. maybe they're slow playing it because they know that they can, but it doesn't feel as satisfying to just drag it out without any kind of like real payoff. And she's like arguably the most accomplished actor. Yes. Yes. In the franchise. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess, is Helen Mirren, she's in one of them. She's not just in Hobbs and Shaw, right? No, yeah, she's in eight for like a scene or two. And I think she's, she probably will be back in nine. nine. She just mm-hmm. joined. It was, no, she was in nine. You're, you're saying she's yes. in nine. Was she in eight as well? She was in eight. She, she's, in, she's in that bar, the devil's bunghole. Because she's the one right, who brings, right. she's in eight, Owen, yep. or brings Owen back. She's in a couple scenes in eight, a couple scenes in nine, and like a little bit more in Hobbs and Shaw. But like all in all across three movies, her screen time is probably under half an hour. Yeah, right. So in that sense, then I think I think Charlize is kind of the yeah. biggest get in terms of like a prestige actor in the franchise. And I think now, you know, adding Brie Larson is big. Momoa, not yep. necessarily prestige, but like Brie Larson, another Academy Award winner. It feels like they they're they their quality for women for casting actresses is like, hey, are you a good actor? Cool. Come, you know, come hang out. And then for men, it's just like, hey, do you have lots and lots of muscles? Hey, cool. Come hang out. Yep. Right. Exactly. Are you just like a big dude? Yeah. big dudes wanted although it's it's funny i mean i'm not i'm not sure if this is like a a 
a verboten topic on the show. I'm not a I'm not a superhero movie guy. I'm not a Marvel guy. I'm not like no, a that's DC fine. guy. Anytime I see, and I know that obviously you're like Brie Larson is someone who you know has a Marvel franchise of her own. But anytime I see an actor kind of pick the Fast and the Furious world over being like a superhero, I'm like, great, right on. Like more for the. <laughs> More for the good guys, like more for the winning team. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm always in favor of someone joining this franchise versus one of the other franchises. So then if you're not a superhero guy and you're not really or you weren't a Fast and Furious person until a couple of years ago and you are a pop culture entertainment journalist, like clearly you like pop culture and movies. Like what movies do you like? These are these are the I, Grant, I don't know if you know, but these are the only movies that society has said it's OK to like. <laughs> That is true. That is true. And now I'm on record as stating my opinion, so the backlash will be tremendous. Um, I'm a horror Canceled. movie guy. You're done. Yeah. I'm like a big horror movie guy. Cool. Yep, me too. I can be like a, a a sci-fi person. I love a good thriller. Most of, I mean, most of what I write about is actually like music related. I, I probably do like 65% music and then 35% okay. movies, TV, any other kind of cultural happenings but but you know in terms of like the like popular movies that i consume i mean like i you know i i'm embarrassed to say i own like all of the uh the a24 horror movie shirts sure i have like seven or eight of those like Mm -hmm. that's like kind of the stuff that really gets gets me going and i don't you know a lot of it the sort of bigger more commercial stuff i don't think is you know necessarily has any more artistic merit than like a big fancy superhero movie i just like being scared more than i like kind of watching action unfold in most instances yeah no that's fair scratches a different itch in the brain or whatever right right so this lap as our as we're going through these movies for the 11th time we are focusing on the heist elements of these movies. We are in between each of these movies. We're watching classic heist movies, modern heist movies, just anything we can get our hands on, anything that we want to do. And so with each episode that we do, we are drafting, basically drafting characters from these movies for an ultimate heist team. What we're going to do in this episode is we're each going to, and like we'll give you time to think about it because we did not spring this on you ahead of time, but we're each going to sort of nominate someone from this movie that if we, we don't have the job out there yet. And I do want to point out that Fast Five is kind of like the ultimate Fast and Furious heist movie. Like it starts, the franchise yep, starts with a heist movie, you know, four is a heist in the beginning, but this is like the heist movie, right? They They set up for life because of this movie. It's the biggest job, all of that. If you were... Just you want to build a team that was going to be a well-rounded team that was going to successfully take on some kind of heist job. Still don't know exactly what that's going to be yet. Who from this movie would you want it to be and why? Joe, who would you nominate for Fast Five? I had it split between two, and I think you can make good arguments. Oh, you were saying that we might have lined up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said I had it split between two options for this one. I feel like we might line up, and I think you can make good cases for quite a few people in this movie, because it is, like, absolutely the, the ultimate, you know, Fast and Furious heist movie. But in this one, I think I have to pick Mia. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that she is, like, the most active in this movie, yep. which is a big bonus. She does some parkour. She's bilingual. She's 
we see that she's like an accomplished driver in this. She's cr- literally creating life within her body. Yeah, and she and she's pregnant at the time. Yep. So like bonus points, that's awesome. Like the thing that really sealed it for me is when it's kind of near the beginning, like closer to the beginning of the movie, but she hears like the noise outside the garage when Dobbs coming in and she grabs a pipe. So I'm like, "Oh, she's ready to like throw down too." You know, like we don't really see sure. Mia be like, "I'm about to start a fist fight with someone." for intruding i was kind of torn between her and giselle but i think i have to go mia in this one you know i when you said that you had two different people and you're like i you know i don't know if we're gonna align or you think you thought that we might i'm like i don't know but like mia was the front runner in my mind but i will let you have her because i have a couple other options i think Mia's a great pick here i also will say for in mia's defense or in support of mia she is like the ultimate man in the chair like we always talk about like the ned from the spider-man i feel like you need someone in an hq for these for the heist no matter what the heist is but I think Mia's a good pick. Grant, what about you? Do you do you have somebody in mind who you would pick for a uh, an ultimate heist team? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, as you said, the exact nature of the heist is unspecified. So with that in mind, I would probably go for Tej. Okay. In the later movies, he becomes kind of this incredible techno wizard. He's sort of starting to show that a little bit in 5. Um, but... You know, he's got some good some good car moments. He has great chemistry with the rest of the crew. I mm-hmm. think chances are, you know, I know that this movie has the whole thing with the um with like the cameras and kind of finding a car that is faster than a security camera, which I just still don't fully understand. <laughs> um, I I can assume that whatever contemporary heist is going on will probably involve some sort of similar surveillance technology defying sure. feat. And and I think Tej would be would be the guy to have. The only reason why I didn't pick Tej Grant is because I took him in two, so I already had a Tej, and I didn't want to have two Tejes. I mean, you, we can have unlimited Tejes. That's just a, that's a wrinkle that Joe is <laughs> true limiting himself with. Your pick. Who do you? So want? I feel like it's crazy to not do Dom or Brian, but they're not on my radar. I would like to do Giselle, but I don't. I don't really have a fully fleshed argument for Giselle. I just love Giselle and I think she's great. And I think her like, let's run it back when she's doing the, you know, what Grant, you were saying the ghost cars. Yes. Part is good. I like her ingenuity to get the handprint, although, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that that's like a well thought out plan. And we learn here that she's like part of the Mossad. So I'm going to go more outside the box. I'm going to go something weirder. I'm going to go, and I don't know if this qualifies, but I'm going to make it qualify because it's my pick and I'm going to make it work. I'm going to go Leo exactly. and Santos as a single unit. I think they can, I, I, I would consider them one because in the heist team too. Yep, I, I think it's important to have on your team someone willing to literally get their hands dirty. And I don't mm-hmm. know that we have that yet, and I don't know that we're going to pick it again, but I feel like their work in this movie, in the bathroom scene in particular, is enough to be like, they'll go do whatever. Like, we got to cut them in. <laughs> and you need demolitions. You, yes. need an, you need a demolitions guy on your heist team. I agree. So I'm going to do Leo and Santos, which feels kind of crazy given the success and the abilities of everyone here, but... I also think it's not crazy to think about. I think Leon Santos are helpful to the team. They're good team members. Uh, the only downside, I think, is that they bicker with each other and one of them can't cook. But, you know, we have other cooks and, you know, they don't really argue with each other or, they, or anybody else, just with each other. So I think they're an unconventional pick, but I'm going to go with Leon Santos as our uh, Rico and Tego, as we used to call them, but Leon Santos. I feel like one of the defining elements of Fast Five as a movie is Danza Kudoro. 
and yep. now you have Don Omar. There we on go. Your team. That's very true. Yeah. Very very true. When I, I so I rewatched the movie twice in preparation for this. Once with a friend of mine who kind of introduced me to the franchise, and then earlier today. Um, and I remember when I watched with my friend who like she's from Miami and is very well versed in you know any kind of like Latin and Spanish language music, and she was free. She was like. I feel like this song has been with me my entire life. <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like, she was like really like stunned. She's like, I feel like Denzel Kadoro came out when in like 2002 when I was like seven and not in 2010 when I was like almost done with high school. And, and I kind of felt the same. I was like, I've heard this song in passing so much that I just assumed it had been around for my entire life, even though, you know, no real reason to think that. Me and Joe have a running joke with one of our frequent guests on the show, Brian Rodriguez, where anytime one of us is out like at a bar or a wedding or like Brian's like been on uh, bachelor parties recently, whenever that song comes on, we just stop what we're doing and we film just like the room and we send it to each other <laughs> yep. because like, I think if you don't know the song, you're like, oh, this is this cool, this cool song. But like once you know the song, it's like, oh, no, the song is everywhere all the time. And especially if you like this movie, it, like it's like it's inextricably linked to that one scene and that feeling of pure joy right so like it's perfect i would be curious to get you guys not to not to derail from the draft please no no the draft is over please bring us wherever yeah go ahead yeah is it the best fast and furious song we talked about that recently that came up recently and i think the answer is if not yes very close to the top i think it's top tier it's definitely top tier you have like i think a lot of people make the argument for see you again that that's like a big one I like the whole Tokyo Drift soundtrack, so like yeah. I'm a little preferential that way. But I know that that's just like personal bias. And then the song Bondoleros, which is the song that yes. that Dom is listening to when at the end of Tokyo Drift, and it plays in four, and it's also in the short film he directed. Like that's in kind of three <laughs> different things. Like that's really good. I mean, Grant, you're you're mostly a music guy. Is is Don Zakadero your pick, would, or do you say there's another song that's better? Also, the the opening montage scene for the opening credits was six is really good too so tej's too fast too furious song also is true excellent also too. yeah true. oh you've never seen too fast too furious but like um ludicrous has but like that's that i knew that song, song before yeah. like that song permeated popular culture like that wasn't just uh, just You're society right, right? Yeah. so yeah i frequently talk about the fact that see you again is one of the most popular pop songs of all time which is just to me continues to be so wild it's like one of the most successful songs and like the history of pop music so in a sense it sort of feels feels silly to not i think it's certainly obviously it's like the widest reaching the most impactful the biggest um in terms of like personal musical enjoyment i would probably go denza kadura i also was a big fan of uh we own it the two chains yes. with khalifa one yep. which is sort mm-hmm. of yep i love i love two chains did you like the soundtrack on Hobbs and Shaw as much as I did? Because I think that was like a super sleeper pick for like an excellent soundtrack. I remember liking it. I need to look quickly at it had like a lot of kind of like weird hip hop, right? And remixes of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm giving it I'm giving it a quick glance now. Yeah, it had the, it had the Youngblood song. It had the heavy in it. Yeah, this is this was a good soundtrack. All the sound- and it has the one with um with Aloe Black and Jid. You know, the soundtracks of of these movies kind of feel you know, it's not just they're they're big enough now that they could just kind of go with whatever the like modern pop flavor of that year is, but they yep. kind of yep. don't. 
there's still sort of something about them that kind of feels very like in time of kind of like what was trendy when like the franchise started, which I think is cool, even to the like throwback sort of like rap crew cuts and all that. Yeah, like there's the there's the song at the beginning of eight in Cuba where it's like, oh, this could have been Despacito because it was the summer that Despacito came out oh, and it fit perfectly. But I think now, like, I, and Joe and I both love that song that summer. Like, I think that, as did everybody, but I think if, if you had put that song in that movie, it would have been like, oh, I know when this movie came out. But like, I think you're right, Grant. Like, it, ah. it kind of has like a more sort of timeless, like this is existing on its own time in its own place. Like it's current and it feels cool, but it's not like, Oh, I know exactly what summer that was. Yeah. Like, I think I'm trying to think the biggest pop song that I can recall being in one of the movies is probably when they had, they had turned down for what was in either seven or eight, but yeah, that song's kind of, I feel like to me, that song is kind of just a meme. It like transcends music and time. <laughs> so putting putting that in a movie to me isn't a timestamp of anything. It just means it it exists post two thousand ten. I I want to take a quick detour here because I forgot there's another connection totally independent of the Fast and Furious, but totally connected to half of this franchise. In that Grant's bio on Twitter includes, and we're going to go from Wiz to another Pittsburgh guy. Long live Mac Miller. So Joe yes. went to high school with Mac Miller. Oh wow! For a brief period of time, yeah. Grant, I, Until I assume, he transferred. you know his pin tweet. Your pin tweet is about Mac Miller, so I would assume, and we've talked about Mac Miller more than once on this podcast. So I don't know if that's a thing to talk about now, but I forgot that that's another like cool, like weird little backstory connection of like why you sort of fit in, why you're hashtag family for the podcast. <laughs> so you went to what is it, Alderdice? Is the no, is no, the no. I, I went to uh, the Pittsburgh Central Catholic where Mac Miller went for his freshman year and then transferred to Alderdice. Okay, got right because that's where he graduated from. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yeah, yeah. So he went to Alderdice, and that's where he met Wiz, or like he like met people that knew Wiz from Alderdice. I think, uh, yeah, I think that it was that because Wiz was like maybe a year older than me, mm-hmm. and Mac Miller was like a freshman when I was a senior. So that's how it went. And also, all of his music videos are like shot all around Pittsburgh, as you know, and um. Like the smile back one, like goes down like the alley behind my parents' house, huh. and like, yeah, there, like I knew a bunch, like I knew one of the dancers that was in, well, like the Frick Park Market one. So like I was like always like very close, right. in this weird mix because it's you know it's just not a huge city. So I didn't know anyone from Pittsburgh until I went to college, um, and there were like two brothers who I knew pretty well, and you know they were not like they were big music fans, but they weren't like hip-hop guys per se yep everyone who kind of grew up within probably like a like a five to eight year age range of mac felt some kind of kind of kinship towards him and like you know i've seen them both go to like the blue slide park park and like post it on their instagram yep. and whatnot i used to go there as a kid it was really funny like when the when that came out like that was that was a park that i would i would actually just go to as a kid so but it is it is funny that you you bring that up because I mean one thing that my like love of Mac Miller's music and my my love of the Fast and Furious world have in common is I kind of did get to both of them sort of late. Um, I didn't really become a, I like knew Mac Miller was making good music 
for a while before I kind of dove back in. So I, I didn't even really become a, a big fan of his until probably 2015. And then went back a little bit. The really early stuff, it's like sweet. Like kids. Yeah. It's kids, like, it, best day ever, that kind of stuff. It's very sweet and endearing. I don't like listen to it the way that I listen to like good AM and swimming and like, you know, faces and stuff. I, I definitely am not always like early to whatever the big cool thing is. And very often I'm like <laughs> showing up late and being like, hey, have you guys heard of this? And they're like, yeah, it's the most popular movie franchise in America. Or you know, he's like, been a chart-topping rapper for like nine years. But Grant, now the floor is yours. Anything you want to talk about with Fast Five? We started talking about some different elements here, but this is your second favorite movie. What do you love about this one? Uh, is there stuff that you don't like about this one? Uh, you know, anywhere you want to go with it. We've already talked about this movie at least 10 times. The floor is yours. Take it away. Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, so I, I did jot down a few notes of just things that stuck out to me upon rewatching. I mean, obviously, you know, to kind of begin in media res of the like prison transport break mm-hmm, is just mm-hmm. is just perfect i mean you know the the previous movies you know it's not like they wasted a ton of time with like exposition before you got to the action but this one was just like so to me like that Straight. scene signals the shift that it's like you're not going to be bored not for one minute nope and that like you guys are saying kind of that also establishes mia as like I don't know if you call her the breakout character because she's obviously been around the franchise a lot, but kind of as like the big, you know, one of the big stars of of this movie in particular. For sure. I love the aforementioned scene where they're trying to keep getting faster and faster cars to elude the security cameras. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's I think the editing of it is like as funny as anything they do in the whole series like, sort of the way they cut from them kind of being back at, like, sort of the hideout to the races is just hilarious. I think Tej is great in it. Um, and I think, you know, even as someone who, like, like I said, the car angle of these movies doesn't necessarily do a ton for me. I think that's, like, a perfect utilization of it. You have this, like, one really plum scene that is kind of mined more for, like, humor than really, like, being, like, a gearhead. This is a small. I can't. I think. I think it was probably Roman describes um, Hobbes as being like an Old Testament guy. Yes, mm-hmm. and I thought. Yeah. I think that's just like such a perfect. I mean, maybe not for like The Rock all the time, but certainly for like the way he conducts himself in that movie is so is so perfect. I think it's like a great line. Actually, that's, um, that's a question that I want to sort of explore a little bit. We've talked about a little bit before about The Rock, and we have a friend of the show, Nate Milton, who's got his own podcast, The Rocky Maya Via Picture Show, where he's working his way through all of The Rock's movies. And we've talked a lot about the about Hobbes's evolution through the franchise, because I feel like that that fire and brimstone Old Testament thing is it's spot on in this movie. Like he's just badass. He's just like pure muscle. He's just anger. He's like, I'm gonna do my job here. And then by the time, you know, in Fate of the Furious, he's coaching his daughter's soccer team and, like, talking about Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift and, you know, eating pancakes and cheat day and Hobbs and Shaw. And, like, it's a totally different Hobbs that's, like, rooted in this. But, like, what do you think of that Hobbs evolution? Do you like him? Do you like the earlier where he's all serious and all means business here? Or do you like the sort of, like, still very good at his job, but sort of a more well-rounded family man father that they get to in later movies? 
I mean, I was going to say, it's not a terribly subtle transition, but they do do it over the course of, like, four films. So yeah. I guess maybe it, you know, they don't, it's not just, like, from five to six, he's suddenly sort of cuddly. I liked him as the foil for Dom, and I love that scene at the end where they finish the heist. Hobbs is sort of like, you've earned one day, and then I'm going to come after you. And he's like, Toretto, I'll see you soon. And Dom is just like, no, you won't. No, you won't. It's just yeah. such a good, it's one of my favorite, like, Vin line deliveries. And, the whole and then obviously that next scene where they, like, reveal the, the double vault swap, which mm -hmm. I, I just, like, I literally just wrote down in, in my little note here in all caps, reverse double bank vault heist. Just because I think that's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> it's so cool. Well, what I, what I love about that, and I think we've talked about this before, but, like, you know, you watch things, you watch TV shows and movies that, like, don't trust the audience to get anything, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, like, yep. like, I'm watching right now for the first time Ozark, and I'm, like, watching season one, and there's, like, this, like, murder that happens in the season one. And, like, the show does a really, really good job of, like, of explaining what what happened and why it happened and how it happened. But before they do a really good job of it, they flash back and they show a thing that you've already seen with, like, a little bit more context. It's like, yeah, we know. Like, we, we're not dumb. <laughs> and I feel like what they do here is, like, they show them driving under the bridge. We don't see the switcheroo where they do the the vault, the, the double reverse or whatever whatever your cool phrase was for it. But, like, when they flash back, it's like, oh, I get it now. I see what they did. And, like, it's respecting the audience in a way. Like, it's not, like, you know, some brainy movie. But it's, like, it's respecting. It's like, hey, you know, remember seeing that thing before? Like, here's what actually happened. It's not just, like... Okay, so now here's where they rob the person. It's just like they, they, they trust you in a way. And like it just it the way that it's shot and edited and like just storyboarded, it just it's cool. And I think it works. And I think that's part of why the success is fun is because of everything like in the in the presentation of all that. So I'm right there with you. You know, these movies are like when it, it kind of seems like Dom is going to like sacrifice himself. You know, you don't really believe that, obviously, because it's like well, they got more <laughs> movies to make. But, yeah. you know, in in that moment, because they don't spell it out for you, you kind of do think maybe the plan is going to fail or they're not going to get away with the money or, you know, they're going to have to, you know, that something isn't going to kind of work out fully to the gang's liking. And I think if they, like, made it clear that was the plan from the outset, like, even, I don't know, do you guys watch Community at all? Have you watched yeah. Community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching recently the 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 third season when they have to like break into the school and rescue the Dean and they have the plan. And then part of the plan is that the plan's supposed to fail. And then Chevy Chase thinks that like the part of the plan that actually fails is the part of the plan that's supposed to fail. And like, I, I don't know. I think I enjoy like a little <laughs> bit of sort of like subversion. And I think you don't need to do something that's kind of that meta in the fast and furious movies. Cause they have different goals, but I agree that the fact that they didn't like put it out there, from the jump is smart and 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 adds to the stakes. Well, I think in any movie you watch, you expect the heroes to win and them not to die or whatever. But when there's like believable, like oh, they might not. Like that's all you need. Even if it's just a moment. You're like oh, we think oh no, they're going to. Like well, of course they're going to. Like how would they not? Right. But like I think you're right. The movie, this movie in particular, does a really good job of like oh no, they might not get away with it because like there's different ways they could fail and not die. Or not get caught. Like, they just might not be successful in the heist, right? And, like, that's a viable ending. It's not a fun ending, but, like, it could happen. And the movie, you know, sells it. Yeah. And, you, I mean, you assume at some point 
in the franchise, they would fail once. You know, yes. obviously there are, like, tragic things that happen to them with Letty. I mean, they don't position it as, like, a tragic thing with Brian, but anyone who watches the movie kind of knows right. what it is. Yeah, and then, I mean, the only, the other thing that I, I had written down is just the Vin and Dwayne fist fight is just, yeah. like, an incredible scene of, like, two massive dudes hitting each other. Um, which, you know, I, I, I saw the Northman recently, which I think is like not that dissimilar from a Fast and the Furious movie. And I was like reminded of that. There's like a very climactic sort of like scene where like the sky is red with blood and it's all sort of volcano-y when I was watching that fight. And I was like, you know what? I wish that that fight was these guys. You know, that's yeah. where I watch these guys fight. And I could watch it for hours and I could watch it in any context. You know, I, I listened to Robert Eggers' interview on Mark Maron's podcast this week, and he was talking about how Hitchcock used to watch his movies silently, like even the ones that had sound. He watched them silently to make sure you could follow along, and he wanted ah. to make sure he did that with, like, The Northman and stuff, because and even, like, you know, The Lighthouse and probably The Witch, too, were just, like, I want to make sure that, like, this. that's how you make sure things are cinematic, right? And I feel like maybe not most action movies, but a lot of action movies can do that. But I think you could probably watch this on mute and still, I mean, you would miss Don Zucaduro, of course, and that would be <laughs> devastating. But like you could, yep. you could follow along and like that scene in particular would be awesome. Like it would just like, you, you don't need the sound to like know exactly what's at stake and what's happening. And you see like, it's like the, the, the confrontation of the two sides of things in the, in the most physical, like one of the most physical fights to in a franchise, maybe the most to date at that point. Right. So like it works because in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. The way they, you know, they cut to Mia and she's kind of anguished. And, you know, when you see that, like, real sort of, like, primal anger in Dom. No, it's just a really good, it's, like, really good scene. I, I got really, really sad watching it this time because of what, like, we started talking about in the beginning with, like, Dom and the Rock fighting. Because that you're right like the fight is so magical them coming together so magical i'm like why can't you guys just work this out because i really want to see you two be friendly and fun on screen again together because i think there is some like really fun chemistry between the two and to see like these two huge dudes like you know like when he like when there's the shootout and dom like picks the rock up with his like giant muscles and you see the rocks giant muscles and you're like dude that is just awesome on film so like can we get back to that, please, and stop arguing on Instagram about dumb shit <laughs> and just, like, come back to just, like, arming each other as huge men, please? Yeah, but, I mean, it's yeah. like the literal version of of the meme that's, like, the two jacked arms yep, kind of yep. doing, like, the, you know, the handshake. I mean, I'm curious for you guys as sort of as scholars of the franchise. Thank I mean, you. what do you think the... Do you think the beef really just boils down to, like a matter of creative control? Do you think there's something else there, kind of? I think it's ego. Mm. That's what I always see. For a while there, we were talking about it, and we were really hoping that it was like wrestling promo, <laughs> that it was just like a fake constructed fight to, to like run promo, like a long con 410, that there's no way that The Rock can't be in Fast and the Furious 10 and that this was just, like, he was doing other projects. So they were like, we needed this fake fight to kind of, like, 
let him get out and like you know do Black Adam or whatever else he's working on. And then, you know, they'll come back together for 10 and everybody will be like, oh, my God, they've been fighting for five years. This is crazy. But like in reality, they were like, oh, no, it's no big deal. Now we don't think that that's the case. No. And I think, you know, when we saw nine, there was so much talk about like, oh, this person spotted on set. Oh, Cardi B signed on this, that, whatever. But for the credit scene to have stayed them in it, we're like, oh, shit, like we that wasn't even on the radar. Like we didn't even heard about that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it'd be crazy that like if this was all promo, which, again, like Joe said, we don't think it is anymore for like at the end of this movie for Hobbs to show up on one for like one scene, just be like, I'm here to help whatever you need, Toretto. And then to be in 11, like the final one, full stop. But like. The more time goes on and like the the more Vin posts on Instagram and like calling him like little brother and stuff, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It seems like it's crossed a line from like possible promotion to uh, actual fighting. Just yet, you know, the lack of self, lack of respect for other people or something. I don't know. That would rule. That would right? be so good. Yeah. What? No, like if if if, if they'd successfully sort of done a real kind of wrestling style sort of media right? campaign beef that wasn't real. That would be awesome. I would love to be tricked by them. I think that would be rad, you know? Because, like, it, it's it's a beef that has transcended the franchise into just, like, people knowing about that they hate each other. And I'm trying right. to think, like, what Marvel could do. And I don't know that there's something Marvel could do that would have that kind of, like, to the fans, the same kind of, like, oh, shit. Like... You can't really bring Downey back. You can't really bring Chris Evans back, right? Like, even, like, in a multiverse thing, it's just like, all right, fine, whatever. Okay, but we, you know, but this would be, like, I never thought this was going to happen. And I also know that we're probably too close to it, but, like, I think it would be big. It would be really big. And it's a brilliant way of, like, blending the, like, real-worldness of the franchise with the fact that it's a movie series. Like, you have the beef kind of spill over... Yeah, I, I, I agree that it seems increasingly unlikely, but it's a great idea. If they could have ran this long con, it, it would have worked beautifully. Absolutely. Because, like, like, the first people that have came out of the theater, like, if you could have, like, held it off, even, like, if you could have held it off into, like, seeing him on set, right? You know what I mean? Because then there would have been, like, rumors and rumblings, and you'd have been like, is he really on set? Like, I thought these guys were fighting. So, like, I guess we were just, you know, more creative... <laughs> Then, then trying to be optimistic. I think it's be. creativity and optimism. It's just like, please let this be, you know. So yeah, it was definitely a lot of optimism until the little brother comments, and then we were like, I don't think that that's part of the thing. Yeah, no. I mean, especially nowadays, it's like any time you can really be surprised by something in a movie, yes. it feels even like I, I the I'm sure there are more recent examples. The first thing that comes to mind for me is like. Like, I remember so vividly seeing Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder <laughs> and thinking that was, like, the funniest shit in the entire world. Was that a and, surprise? You know, was, that, was that not advertised? Like, did he just show up in that movie? I think it, it, it broke that he had been on set okay. a little ways before. Um, but at least in my case, I didn't know what the role was. Sure. Yeah. Um, so to see him, you know, with the bald cap with all the weight on, and then like at the end, he's like dancing to like get back by Ludacris. And it's like not even like, it's not even funny if it isn't Tom Cruise. Right. And, you know, I know that in, in the big franchises nowadays, they, you know, occasionally will 
finagle like a real cool kind of like a surprise cameo or a callback or whatever but something like this mm-hmm. would just be so much fun yeah yeah 100 percent. and he's the one like you know the, the the podcast network that we're on i started because me and a friend mike did all the nicholas cage movies with keanu we've done a bunch of different things i would love nicholas cage in these movies i would love keanu in these movies i think keanu's more likely but like the one actor that we've done like we've done charlie so she's already in like that's that was exciting that was thrilling when she joined right but like the one that I would really love that would fit, but I, I I don't know if he's too big now. I don't know. It would be Tom Cruise. Like, if Tom Cruise shows some of these movies, like, I don't know if he's, like, Cypher's boss or something, right? Like, he's, like, the action star, and this is, like, the action franchise. Let's make it happen, people. It would work really well. And, yeah, I mean, this feels, like, so much more... Not, again, not to keep bagging on them, but, like, this feels so much more his speed than doing like a Marvel movie where they shoot the whole thing in an airplane hangar in Atlanta, you know, like these, I mean, I I know a lot of what they do with these now is effects driven, but like, I mean, you know, you hear about the stuff on the set of the new Top Gun, which is apparently like the best movie ever made. I cannot wait for this. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really hyped about it too. And it's like, yeah, you know, you could totally see him, I jumping off a plane and landing on another plane, yeah. you know, doing the yeah, like, sure. I mean, my, so my favorite scene in the entire franchise is, you know, the UAE or something, but it's when they have to get the car out of the luxury building and seven, they just seven. Keep, yep. Seven. Yeah. And yep. they just keep driving it to lower and lower levels of neighboring buildings by driving through the glass window. And it's like Tom Cruise could totally do something like that. And Tom Cruise would insist on like being in the car. Yeah. yeah. So they, I, I don't know if you guys saw this quote, but they're, you know, they're at con right now and there was like a five minute standing ovation when Top Gun Maverick ended and there was an interview that they did. They did like the, let me give him like a lifetime achievement award. And so they interviewed him over there and the moderator said about the stunts and Mission Impossible, you risk your life, Monsieur. Why do you do it? And he said, no one asked Gene Kelly, why do you dance? I did see that. And it rules. Oh. I know there's some deeply objectionable stuff about Tom Cruise, but like, oh yeah, stuff like that rules. It's just, like, he's the only person out there, like, you know, I think The Rock's an action star. I have friends who are like, there's been no action star since the 90s, and I think that's largely true, but I think Tom Cruise is, like, he's the only, he's maybe the only actor when he does a thing that people will be like, yeah, I'll go see that. Like, there's nobody like that anymore. Like, even The Rock, like, no, like not everybody goes and sees, like, Skyscraper or whatever, you know, like, there's, like, there's movies that yeah, he does Rampage. that are, like, big, but yeah. not, like, huge. Right. Like, Tom Cruise is, like, he's a goddamn icon. Grant, are you ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? Yes, absolutely. So we have a seven-question quiz, (laughs) six multiple-choice answers per question, no wrong answers. You can explain yourself or not. Are you ready to begin? Yes, in in as much as I can be. It's 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 no wrong answers. It's the the most mindless thing possible. It's not like a quiz. It's like a personality quiz. It's just like... Fire off. (laughs) <laughs> it'd be really funny if we built it up as like a all right we're gonna quiz your knowledge on fast five question number one and just use minute questions yeah. just use yeah. like <laughs> like what color how many candles <laughs> at the end of the yeah. first movie when they're doing cpr on vince who does blah 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 right. all right yeah. but we build this up and we're like all right grant number one how fast are you and like that's that's our first question how fast are you nascar roller coaster lamborghini murcielago toyota prius vespa or razor scooter Realistically, I am Prius. You can answer fast. however you feel too. By the way, sure. you, could, you could you could pick like 
whatever. You know what I mean? So, like, you, you don't have to answer realistically. We will accept anything. But if that's how you want to go, also accept it. I yeah. mean, I've answered realistically, and I wound up as Mia, which is so spot on. It's not It's not even remark- – it's, it's, it's remarkable how spot on that is. So, you know, as honest or as dishonest as you want to be. It's it's funny. My every you know like once a month or something for my for my knee rehab, I have to like answer you know sort of like a, a progress survey like this, and I'm always on the lower end of what it is. And I was telling my physical therapist, I was like, this is just how I end up on any kind of quiz like this. I kind of trend <laughs> towards the like the pessimistic low end. low end of it versus sort of <laughs> overselling myself. So with that being said, I will say Prius for the okay. first question. Fair. Question number two, you know it's coming. How furious are you? Are you the Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie set that one time, <laughs> Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? Well, I hope no one has answered Mel Gibson on the show. One person did recently. We're like, really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe you guys are referring to like Mad Max Furious and not... You know, it's, voicemail it's, furious. It's wherever your brain goes. Joe and I took <laughs> hours to, to assign points here, and I don't exactly remember how I did it. It's like a little bit of the, you know, anti-Semitism. It's a little bit of the movie star. It's a little bit of the persona, <laughs> a little bit of the mythology. It's all of Mel Gibson rolled into one answer that, like, is like, oh, you're a little bit more Han or whatever because of that, right? So Yeah. I actually think of the options... I gravitate to Kylo Ren. Okay. Um, I do have a bit of a temper. Okay. And I think he's angry, but he's not, like, cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, I, I think, feels fitting. I realized, I, we didn't ask, we, we, ha- we used to have a whole bunch of either-or questions that we had asked the guests at the start of the episode, which we largely scrapped. But we have two, and there's one in particular that I want to get from you, but there's, there's an easier one. And there's this other one. But the one more interesting, more appealing to you, I think, is, and it fits in perfectly with the heist lap. You, me, and Joe go to that tall building in Dubai, in Abu Dhabi, and anywhere, and we need to get out a supercar. And we're like, we're going to go into that other room. I'm going to lift a car up. Joe's going to do something underneath, whatever. But Grant, you have the most important job of all. You need to distract this room just like Roman does. Shine bright like Roman Pierce. We need you to sing a song karaoke style either so good it's amazing or so bad you can't take your eyes off of it what song are you singing karaoke style to distract a room so joe and i can go heist something from the other room see that's an interesting one because well you you explained it perfectly where it's like you really gotta either nail it Mm -hmm. or sort of fail in spectacular fashion Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and when I think of someone covering a song and failing in spectacular fashion, what I think of is the time that Machine Gun Kelly covered Misery Business by Paramore, <laughs> um, which I encourage you guys to watch on YouTube. It's great. Um, he tries to, well, he doesn't even try to hit the high note. He just kind of does like this weird throaty growl. But I am certainly a worse singer than he is. So if I had to distract people with a bad song, I think I would sing Misery Business by Paramore. Perfect. Poorly. Ah, well played, sir. Yes. Now, is there, if you wanted to, like, if, if we're like, we need that, we need you to actually be good, though. Like, is there a song, like, do you do karaoke? Is there a uh, go-to song for you or no? Um. Because I can't sing for shit. I have got no range. I can't do this. Like, I don't have, best, I don't have a good Best answer. car song you sing to yourself. Anything like this. Interesting. Let me, give me. Think about it. Yeah. Um, I am not a very good singer. 
Um, I enjoy no, the act I. of it yeah. in, you know, sure. a safe space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But nothing is presently coming to mind. A follow-up to that question about Machine Gun Kelly in particular. Are you, like him, also weed? <laughs> <laughs> I have been. I think we I yeah. think we all have been at some point, but he is. At a, <laughs> yes, I, I would say that I was at a fairly young age and am no longer. Fair enough. Yeah. And the other easier question is, do you have a favorite character in the franchise? Either this movie or any movie, just any Fast and Furious character, or big role, small role, anything in between, favorite character in any of these movies. Oh, man. But there are so many. There are so many. Again, having, having gotten into them somewhat recently, I really like Ramsey. Okay. I think oh, yeah. she's a great... For, I think that, you know, the, like, Tej and Roman stuff would have maybe started to get old, but, like, she's a great foil for them. I have a lot of love for Dom in the way you do, like, a family member who is sure. sort of goofy, but, you know, has a good heart. I'm not sure if this if this counts or is, like, verboten. I really liked uh, Vanessa Kirby... Yeah. As Shaw's sister, oh, yeah. Patty Shaw, yeah, uh, kind of ruled. Yeah, those and those are all obviously like, with the exception of Dom, who is the franchise kind of more periphery people. But those are those are the ones that come to mind. Love it, cool. Okay, back to the actual quiz now. So Grant, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill, saying grace, kicking back with a beer, babysitting, being the entertainment, or are you sneaking a snack? Sneaking a snack is the most true to my lived experience. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or just working on your computer? Realistically, probably working on my computer. Cool. Okay. Fair enough. Describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. <laughs> Were I to be a uh, the kind of a marriage style person, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it would probably be the third one, the like tiny Us, wedding family. Us and, and our families, okay. Close pals, yeah. Cool. Grant, congratulations! You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane. You're going to gamble it all away. Your child at home. A fleet of cars or a new life? Buying a new life would be tight. Pretty cool, right? I don't love my life that much. Like, <laughs> I think that would be... Especially if, you know... If you're not buying a new life to, you know, flee from sort of repercussions, and theoretically, you could always go back, it'd be nice to know what that's like. So yeah, I think I would, I would buy myself a new, a new life. The final question to determine it all right now. Mm. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest or just Joe's going to the bar. Just get me one of whatever you're having. I'm pretty indecisive. So if if Joe can make the decision for me, I'm happy with that. Cool. It works for me. Cool. Joe, do you have any sense on who Grant is? I'm going to guess Tej. That's my guess. Uh, Tej, no. Tej is sort of toward the top. There's a handful of characters above him, but Grant, 
You are Han. You are the ultimate example of cool. Even when things are spinning out of control, you keep calm, find a way through, and look smooth doing it. You know the secret to life isn't what you have, but who you keep around you. Your family means everything. They're a reflection of you, so you choose them carefully and are always there when they need you, and you drive, drive like, the wind like the wind blows. blows. That rules. That's a good one. Cool. Um, that is a great characterization. Um, you know, I do hope one day to successfully fake my death for some reason. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's encouraging. And also, I don't think I appreciated until Nine came out quite how much everybody loved Han. Everybody loves Han. Everybody, everybody loved, Han. loved Han from the rip. I mean, like, you know, Tokyo Drift got like a bad rap, but like everybody was like, but that Han guy was fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I am, I am very happy with that. As my answer to the quiz. Cool. Well, congratulations, Mr. Han. <laughs> All right, we have one more game to play. It's called This Ain't No 10 Second Race, aka Boy Do We Have a Podcast for You. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we go on Twitter.com, aka the bird app, find any tweet from anybody not following us that we don't know, and tweet at them saying, Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Customize the tweet however we want. A complicated scoring system that you don't need to worry about because it's impossible to score because no one interacts with us because I don't know why. It's just weird. But before we do this episode's tweets, we're going to look back at last time where we had Brian on for Fast and Furious. I found Lars Gottrich at Total Vibration, who was tweeting about his newsletter and said, bonus, I watched the first five Fast and Furious movies again. And then he replied to himself saying, I lost four subscribers this morning. I can only assume they do not appreciate the lizard brain genius of the Fast and Furious franchise. We said, we know you included this in a newsletter from a year ago, but we will always appreciate the lizard brain genius of the Fast and Furious franchise. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And of course not. Lars did not interact. Zero points. Joe, you found Flair at Flair Titan, who said... Finding out Roger Ebert was a big Fast and Furious fan is the best purely because I get to now say Roger Ebert was Tokyo Drift-pilled. And we said we prefer our Tokyo Drift delivered intravenously. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Brian found Formula One at F1, the official verified account with millions of followers. (laughs) And they just have a picture of Vin overseas giving the thumbs up. And we said, I guess Vin lives his life more than a quarter mile at a time. Boy, do the podcast for you. And of course not. That was a long shot. No points. But then playing for charity, Brian found a tweet from NJ MMA Insight OG fan who said, my favorite Fast and Furious bad guy, Braga. My favorite line, booze, broads. It's all good. That's from four. It's a good line. You'll get there one day, maybe, Grant. Maybe. <laughs> we said we don't have very many broads or any, but we definitely have a lot of booze. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Joe, it got a like, which I think we talked about in the episode. So Brian gets no points, but Brian sends one point to Charity. So Charity, one point richer in the grand scheme of things. Congratulations to Charity. You have done a good thing once again. (laughs) All right. Grant, you sent two tweets. Um, Is there one that you like more? Do you want to play both? We'll play both, but pick one that you want as your official one, and then we'll do one as like a backup that we'll just do for our own show. But you sent two. Is there one that you like more than the other? I believe the second one, um, which was a responding to a prompt of if you could turn any film keeping the same cast, director, and everything into an erotic film, which one would you choose? And they said Fast Five. 
Oh my god. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I've talked about this with friends of mine. There's something so deeply unsexy about these movies, even though they are all about like yeah. you know, beautiful tan people, and especially like the ones that are set in, you know, Latin America like five is. Oh yeah. But there's still something about them that's just unhorny. So the idea of making it horny is is intriguing to me. <laughs> they do feel very asexual. They do. Times. That's why they're yeah. perfect dad movies. Yeah, and Frog Mistress responds to her own tweet. Just says, "Just that one. The rest can be sexless." So, so Grant, we will respond <laughs> with Void of a Podcast for you. But is there is there a message that you want to send to Frog Mistress at Up the Twerks on Twitter? Anything you want to customize in our tweet to Frog Mistress about this response? Huh. I guess I would be curious, assuming assuming you're making Fast Five into an erotic film, who are you pairing off? Ooh. Or is it kind Ooh. of a big amorphous orgy? Orgy, yes. Not quite who are you shipping, because I feel like that this is not about that, but you know. So I'm saying, yeah. question for you, who's pairing off, or is it a big orgy? Boy, do we have a podcast for you. That is a... Yes, I think that's lovely. <laughs> that is a whip great. around... Godspeed. The question play, we don't do that too often. I like that one. No, yeah. That's an, that that could be a slam dunk easy five points because like so the grant the grant the way that it works is mm-hmm. a like is one, retweet is two, reply is five, and if they email the show or whatever, it's like it's crazy points. It's like ten or more or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we've never asked a question because it's just like they could even just say like fuck off or whatever. It's like that's five points, right? So like just yes. just yeah, acknowledge yeah, exactly. us. Just frog mistress, we're out here for you. Let's talk about it. Um, but do you want to read your other tweet that you found that we'll play this one for charity? Sure, sure. Um, the other tweet is from Kevin. He says, the only bad part of Fast Five so far, which we guess must have mean that he was actively watching it at the time, <laughs> um, which I didn't, I didn't think about initially, is the Rock's goatee. That's, there you go, yeah. I don't really agree with because, okay, one thing that we know as long as like he lives We'll never get any different rock hairstyle. Yes. So correct. really the only thing that we get to see very at all is the facial hair. Yeah. If we want to keep the question thing going, how would you have styled his his beard? Or how do you want to customize this tweet to Kevin at Yeah, Okay, Kev? Yeah, I, I, I was thinking something along those lines. Or like, what, what hairstyle would you have given him to make the goatee work? Oh, I like that. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, like a mullet. Yeah, because it's <laughs> it's it's quite. Can you imagine the rock with a mullet? No, a I cannot. I, I mean, I can, but it doesn't. It, it it it's weird. It's weird. Well, I mean, there's a, there's basically only like three photos of him with hair, and they're all from like his early. You know, there's the famous the turtleneck and chain photo mm-hmm. where he's got mm-hmm. hair, and there's like three he had photos hair in for... wrestling, like very early in the Attitude Era, like, but it was. Yeah, it was the same as, like, the chain turtleneck thing. It was just, like, you know, boy hair of the 80s or whatever. Yeah, and it's just fascinating to me to think of what anything... I mean, even, you know, the, like, old man professor ring of gray hair would look like on the rock. Exactly. Does he have, like, a ponytail in the Scorpion King? Yes. Yeah, that's hilarious. So So more of that... (laughs) Please. But it's like bald. It's like it's like the like the samurai like I think bald on the top and like a ponytail, right? I don't remember. No, I think I mean he has a large just... forehead. I think that's correct. That rules. Big fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Who is your tweet from? 
I think I hit a slam dunk here. <laughs> this is from Carrie at Simply Charisma. Charisma? Charisma, probably. With two A's. Yeah. Just, it's, it's, there's some pictures with it. Uh, it says, just a boy in his car. For Christmas, we gave Dom, Dominic Toretto's car, and we finally got it out of the box and took it for a drive. So I'm assuming this is like her child. And it says, and yes, we named him Dominic after legend Dom from the movie Fast and the Furious, since John and I are big fans. Wow. So once again, continuing your Fast Furious big fan search, and I think this is this is a nice twist on that. Yes, I, I so do. Hold like, on, I, I do like that. You know, you know, when, like when you interact with a tweet on Twitter, it's like here's other tweets that you might like. Now they're all sex workers because we got Frog Mistress over here. So like, <laughs> oh, now it's just like all just you know OnlyFans girls like posting like, oh, here's me, howdy, yes or no, which is like okay. So that's Joe. You're now allowed to you know look at this tweet Twitter account again because now it looks like your Twitter account. Thank you. Perfect. All right. So how do you want to respond to charisma? Sex workers. Um, a couple that names. Their child after family is family to us. Boy, do we have a podcast for you and little Dom of like in parentheses eventually. Cool. And that's my tweet. Love it. Grant Joe has been trying this thing where he like just searches Fast and Furious big fan and like sometimes it has worked tremendously and other mm-hmm. other times <laughs> it should work. That's the other thing. All of these should work. They just don't and we don't know if why. you name if you name your son dom yeah you are our target demographic Come for on. sure yeah that's so much cooler than like you know the scores of people who like named their kids after like a game of thrones character khaleesi yeah. that's the first thing i thought when you were starting to say this sentence. yeah <laughs> and they're out there oh we're dude in like 14 years it's going to be a wild-ass time for, like, all the Khaleesi's and Khal Drogo's that are just going to be floating around, like, in the news and shit. Really, just call, just call me Cal. I just, I just go by Cal. Yeah. Oh, it says yeah. your name's Khaleesi. No, it's just, it, it just Cal. Yeah. By the way, Grant, uh, your your tweet to charity uh, just got a point. So your your actual tweet has not gotten any points. You have a charity. Once again, we're making a deposit of one point into the charity box because well, Kevin always charity. He has not responded always. to the hairstyle tweet yet, but he liked the reply. So I'll take it. There you go. And by I, I mean charity. Yes. Yeah. All right. I found a tweet from like a year ago. It's from Dan Hernandez, who's verified. He's got a bunch of followers, so I expect this to fall on deaf ears. At Cuban Missile DH, and he was quote tweeting the Fast Saga, tweeting at the trailer when the trailer launched last April. Okay. And Dan says, if I were Dom and my old friends wanted to visit, I'd be like, quote, I love you guys, but whenever you come over, we end up going on a world-spanning heist slash adventure. That is both fast and furious. So let's just set a weekly Zoom instead. <laughs> and now, I, I like this. I have not thought about how to respond to this, though. I'm wondering. I be, I would be like, do we really think Dom can use a computer? Because I doubt it. <laughs> can you something really along those lines, right? Dom using Zoom. What a podcast for you. I was also thinking about like something like, you know, you could Zoom from a Tesla in like on the big screen but like that's just that's getting in the weeds i like can you really picture dom using zoom we can't so exactly cool well grant thank you so so much for joining us this was a blast yeah thank absolutely. you brother um thank you guys for having me i do have just one one thing that i wanted to uh to ask you two about absolutely please go for it so I, i'm sure you're aware of this one of my favorite things on the internet for years has been the uh vin diesel official facebook page Mm-hmm. 
Have you guys gone down the rabbit hole of looking at all of Vin Diesel's profile pictures of the last 10 to 12 years? I have not. What I thought you were going oh, to ask just about... just the profile pictures. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what I thought you were going to ask no. about is something that I've brought up here before, is that when Riddick was number one at the box office, he posted a nine-minute video of him recorded on, like, his MacBook camera or something, mm-hmm. and dancing to Dark Horse by yes. Katy Perry and one other yep. song. And it's just him just over the moon at how successful his movie was. And that's a, that's an absolute treat. And that's on his official Facebook page. So I know that there's a treasure trove of content over there, but I have not. Is there a particular Facebook profile oh picture God, of his no, that this, you love? I am sending, I am DMing you guys a couple. I know this is like terrible podcasting, but um, I'm sending you guys a couple <laughs> because they're they're incredible. And these, are his, these are from his official page? Has like yes. 1.8 oh, million yeah. likes. Or oh, followers, yeah. I just yeah. found all these as I was going through. Yes, these are real. These look like fan page. They're not. They, boy. They, there was a there, <laughs> there was a point that I think I've told this story before. But like, do you guys remember Rihanna on Twitter? Like back yes. when Twitter was mm-hmm. amazing, and she would post like chain mail text message gifs mm-hmm. that you would like get. They're just like we're just like the. Like, you know, the most random, like, Hello Kitty blinged out uh-huh. shit. Like, the, that's what these remind me of. No, it, <laughs> like, that's exactly right. It was from when celebrities <laughs> on the internet were actually fun. Yeah, like, and, like, somebody would... Like, here, Happy Labor Day, and it's just, like, a star and a... Oh, yeah, this is amazing. Thank you for introducing me to this. I'm happy to do it. I, the one I just sent you guys is my favorite, which is um, an illustration of a horse running into the ocean with Vin's face in the clouds. It's so good. You you did send these in a way that like each is better than the previous one. Like the father, oh yeah, they escalate. Protector, nourisher, upholder. Two days to the Super Bowl. Who counts down to the Super Bowl two days away? That's with your own face. Like who made that? And, that's and why also, did he find like, it? You know how like Facebook will often be like, you know, add this, like add I stand with Ukraine to you know your profile. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not. They're not. This is not a Facebook filter. That no, is. none of this these is, are. None of these are like overlays that exist. I also love the him boxing against Popeye for some reason. Hey, strong man, let's play. But yes, the horse in the cloud, it's... It's kind of endearing. This is definitely stuff that, like, you know, um, people in countries that aren't America made and posted on Twitter, Instagram, and he found them and was like, you know what, that was cool of you, fan. And then, like, used it as his profile. Well, because he has, yeah, he has a lot of these, like, names, right? Like, it's Maria Roman, or it's, you know... yeah. Ollie Van Definitely. Dyke or whatever. Like, it's people, like, he's giving credit to these artists who are just doing weird Vin fan art. Paint. Paint in MS Paint pictures. Man. Yeah. It's awesome. And they've got a really wide range of, they've got Muhammad Ali quotes, they've got Gandhi quotes, they've got this <laughs> very broad range. And no, and I think you're, I think you're exactly right that it's people who love Vin making these little graphics. And then... You know, he's posting, and there's one from, there's an Andrew Carnegie quote on one of these. It's, um, I I just remembered it while we were doing, while we were taping the show, and I'm so glad I brought it up, because it is, I'm sure you guys will make great use of it. It is one of my favorite things on the internet. It's And then half of them are the same picture over and over again, which is a standard picture, so he's uploaded this like a hundred times at this point. Oh, the one that's the current one of him looking down and smiling? Yeah. Yeah, That's probably up there like 30 times. (laughs) Insane. See, he definitely can't use Zoom. The tweet was perfect. <laughs> this guy has no idea what he's doing. 
I I don't believe so. Oh man, I love it. Well, anyway, thank you so much for joining us once again. You, what would you like people to know about you? Where can they follow you? Where can they read your work? What do you want to plug about what you're doing on the internet? Not too much. You can follow me on Twitter at Grant Rinsner. Um, that's where I write my little articles and then I post them. That's really it. Thank you guys for having me. This was great. I'd love to come back in the next cycle. I don't know if you do repeats, but oh, we absolutely do repeats. So you can come we on do. like a non Fast and Furious movie. We got all nothing but time, nothing but options for you. So we will definitely keep you in the uh, the proverbial hopper and have you back on because this was a blast. Okay, right on. All right, thanks guys. Appreciate it. So Joe, next week we are doing a patron pick. We're doing Michael McGann's pick of Muppets Most Wanted, which I have not seen, but apparently it's a whole oh movie. God. So you've never seen it? No. Oh my god, I'm excited. I've seen the Muppets Muppet, movies are a ton of fun. I've seen Muppet Babies when I was growing up. I, I don't know no. that I've really seen Muppets just legit. So yeah, these are a blast. You, I think that you actually really might like the Muppets movie. The Muppets Most they're both they're fun. Yeah. Oh man, I'm really excited. Wow. Okay, cool. So Good Muppets pick. Most Wanted coming at you next week. We also got our Patreon bonus episode of Thief coming at you next week. We've not done that yet. We're gonna do that soon. So that'll come to our patrons at TooFastTooFever.com. But for all things. Too Fast Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast too forever, or at too fast too forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at too fast too forever.com and our store, too fast too forever.shop. And come back next time for Muppets Most Wanted. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And that was Grant Rindner, and we'll tell you all about it when we see you 